broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, coming in strong for the next three hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, 2 to 5 p.m. Damon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon and ready to rock and roll with you, ready to have some great interaction, ready to hear from you, have some good discussions. You know the listener line is 702-365-9200, always wide open like some old school TV antennas unless we have a guest on. And then you can always hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Very excited about the opportunity that we have going on this afternoon. There is so much going on. Uh, around town right now. It's exciting. There's so many different uh, basketball, college basketball conference tournaments going on. So every time I look up at the TV, I see another tourney, and I'm like, eh, that's happening right here in Vegas, right? So there's uh, all kind of events going on at the Orleans. There's events going on at the Thomas & Mack. UNLV is in action right now. Matter of fact, if you want to hear the UNLV men uh, take on or uh, do what they do right now in the in the in the Mountain West Conference tournament, they've got to get some wins. Damon, as you know, <laughs> they got to go on a streak. Uh, they're on our sister station right now, ESPN Las Vegas. I'd never encourage you to go ahead and change the station and not listen to us, but I will just say, if you want to tune in and see what UNLV's got going on, you can always listen to our sister station. They've got it on live right now. I was actually going through the channels trying to find it on TV, and I couldn't find it at all, so don't know what's up with that. I know the women are going to play tonight for a chance at the uh, Mountain West Conference Championship. That's going to be fun. That popped up on the TV, but I couldn't find UNLV the men. On the TV, so that kind of tells you what the season looks like when they're not even featured anywhere on the dial, and maybe I just don't see it, but uh, they are on our sister station right now. But here we are on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a lot to get to on the show. Very excited about it, as we always are. Coming up at 2.30, we'll talk to Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. He was a guy that was in Indianapolis uh, at the Combine. I was there at the Combine. He was able to talk with Dave Ziegler like I talked with Dave Ziegler. He's been very as a matter of fact, about Anthony Richardson. He's been very high on the Anthony Richardson train. So I want to talk to him about that, uh, you know, what he could bring to the table as far as a quarterback and how long he thinks it would take for him to develop and him be a, a viable starter in the NFL. And not only that, he's also uh, very locked in on the economic side of things when it comes to guaranteed contracts. And we talked in great detail on yesterday's show about Lamar Jackson after he was uh, hit with the non-exclusive franchise tag by the Baltimore Ravens, which, I mean, doesn't say that he's on his way out the door. It doesn't say that at all. It just sa- says that other teams in the league can, you know, dip their toes into the water and see what it would take to actually go ahead and get him. I actually saw this funny little nugget. It wasn't a, f- I guess funny is the wrong word. I- it is a nugget, though. I saw from Adam Schefter when it came to the non-exclusive franchise tag. And DeMond, I'll go ahead and throw this at you first. In the 30 years of NFL free agency, Sean Gilbert's the only player to receive the non-exclusive franchise tag, sign an offer sheet with another team, and then end up with that new team. In 1998, Gilbert was franchise tagged by Washington, signed an offer sheet with the Carolina Panthers, and ended up in Carolina. One time in 30 years. So we talked about it in great length on yesterday's show about why not the Raiders go ahead and throw some kind of, you know, a number at, at uh, Lamar Jackson and his representation and, uh, you know, kind of do a little bit of a legwork on the contract, what it would take to get him out of Baltimore and see what happens. Well, 99.9% of the time what happens is 
that team that, that allows that guy to go out there and find that contract decides that, yeah, we could do that, and signs off on the contract. And that goes back to what I was saying on yesterday's show where I thought it was smart from Baltimore to go ahead and do that because why not? Let the market determine how much Lamar Jackson, if you can't come up to a, an agreement on how much he's worth, and I do believe he's worth a lot of money, and I know that there's some injury history behind it that you've got to be concerned about, but with a superstar, I'd take my chance. But I, th- I think he's a very valuable asset. I think he immediately makes your team a lot better. Again, do I think that it's a, 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 you know, a real possibility that the Raiders are going to go try to uh, attack him and go get him? No. You know, but again, in, in this situation, when you're looking for a, a quarterback, I don't think there's any reason to leave any stone unturned. Why not go ahead and dip your toes into everything and see what happens? Right? I mean, there, there's, there's no reason not to. I mean, what are their better options? There's honestly not a better option out there, in my opinion, than Lamar Jackson. Right? He's a veteran that you know what he can do. You know what he provides. Now, there's rookies that you're intrigued by, but you don't know what they're going to do on the next level. We all have our best guess, but we don't know what they're going to do. So Lamar Jackson, as he sits right now, as the one guy that's available, obviously brings the most heat to the table as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think it's a problem reaching out and saying, hey, this is what we would do. This is what we'd be willing to do and see what happens. More likely than not, and I heard Vinny Bonsignor, he was on with JT earlier today, and he was a really good conversation, and he said, yeah, I don't think the Raiders want to get into doing the legwork just to have Baltimore go back and say, yeah, we'll do that. Well, why not? Put the pressure on Baltimore, right? Why not do the legwork, put the pressure on them and say, hey, this is what we'd offer. Straight up. You want to do it? Let's do it. It's kind of like, and I'm not a big gambler outside of Triple Double Diamond, but it's almost like, you know, hey, call someone's bluff. All right, here's my chips. They're in the table. What are you going to do? And, and make Baltimore. Put, put the pressure on Baltimore to make the decision. So I would have no problem with that. I think that's a good idea. But I understand where Vinny's coming from when he said that they don't want to do the legwork and then have Baltimore just come back and say, yeah, no problem. We could do that. Again, I think it was a smart decision by Baltimore to hit them, hit them with the non-exclusive tag and just see where the rest of the league values Lamar Jackson and see where they value as far as guaranteed money goes. So there's that. But are you surprised by that little nugget, Damon, when you find out that uh, after 30 years, only one guy has uh, signed a contract and actually went to that new team? Oh, yes, I'm very surprised. And that being Sean Gilbert, and this is a guy who missed the season due to a contract, due to those contract issues, that right. contract dispute. So I'm surprised where you say only one person has done it. So I see why teams would be hesitant. But like you said, I don't see the problem in going out there and at least in. As Diana Rossini reported yesterday, hey, they're not ruling it out completely. So I think, you know, they'll kick the tire. They'll, they'll maybe talk to Lamar, his people, who whoever his people are. I don't think when people say he doesn't have an agent, I don't think he's like answering these calls himself. So I do think that he's got somebody handle it that could talk, you know, the financials a little bit better with the team. But for me, I don't like the way it's being fronted as if, oh, the Ravens are doing are playing this so smartly where you're going to see what the market out there is going to be for them. Why not? I, it's, it's more of it's like, yeah, it's a business and it's the NFL. Yeah. But if all of the other teams have already, I know that people are like, hey, it's not collusion. But if everybody's saying that we need to protect these non-guaranteed contracts and yeah. we're just not going to go out there with them, I think that this is more about teams not wanting to set that precedent about guaranteed contracts more than it's about, hey, Lamar Jackson isn't worth this much money. So I think that the NFL, when it comes to the teams league-wide, they're protecting the NFL more than this is about, is Lamar Jackson worth it? Or we could say, is this, if it was Joe Burrow, then they would do it. I don't think it matters the player in this situation. It's we're not going to set that precedent. The Browns can be idiots and big dummies and give a guaranteed contract, but we got to make sure that this doesn't continue throughout the league. Right. No, I, I, I can see that 100%, but I still think it's a good business decision by Baltimore to decide to say, you know what, we're not going to 
go ahead and, and do this. We're going to allow you to negotiate a contract with them, and then we'll decide if we're going to, uh, uh, you know, we're going to decide to match it. I think that that's actually a, a good decision. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I don't think any team in the league wants to sign a big guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got. I think that that was, you know, Cleveland going ahead and, and showing their desperation for a quarterback, and they went and did what they did. And I know no team in the league liked it, the fact that they did that. But again, man, I think I, I don't have any problem with Baltimore saying, you know what? Our hands are, are tied, man. We've tried to give him uh, offer contracts. We've thrown different offers at him. He doesn't want it. Uh, you know, he doesn't like that. He wants more money, which I totally uh, – look, I understand both sides of it. I understand wanting more money. Look, I want it all. I want all the money I can get if, if possible, right, if I'm Lamar Jackson. I want it all. That makes sense. But I also understand Baltimore's side like, hey, man, we've done everything we can do. Can't do anymore. All right, go ahead. See what you can get on the open market because at least they know they have another shot at it. It's not like he can go out there, negotiate a contract, and then be done with it. They have a chance to match it. So, I mean, if I'm Baltimore, I'm like, well, why the hell not? Go ahead. What could you get on the open market? Go check it out. And then bring it back to us, and we'll talk. And they have the option to say, yeah, we'll pick that up. I think that that's great if you've been working for two years to get this deal done. I think there's been issues on both sides. I think Baltimore screwed this thing up. I think Lamar screwed this thing up. I think that there's, you know, there, there's two sides to the story. There's probably three sides to the story. There's one side, second side, and then there's the truth. But I just feel like that they, they both are kind of missing the, you know, they're, they're missing the mark. So if they can get an outside, an outside opinion on what they're worth, and then, hey, you got to bring it back to me, cool. I, I'm okay with that. I don't, I, but I totally understand where you're coming from, where it's more like, hey, they just don't want to set that precedent when it comes to guaranteed money. It makes a whole lot of sense. But with all that being said, Tashawn Reed will join the show at 2.30 and really break down uh, the whole escrow thing, what the Raiders or any other team needs to have in the books and in the bank to be able to sign a guy uh, like Lamar Jackson to a fully guaranteed contract. That's coming up. At 2.30, at 3 o'clock, Trey Wingo, 33rdteam.com, and Caesars Brand Ambassador. He'll join the show. He'll talk all things free agency as far as the quarterbacks go. Uh, that's right around the corner. That kicks off next week. And also, Trey is great when it comes to the NFL draft. That's something when he was working with ESPN, man, that dude was an absolute encyclopedia when it comes to the draft. Fantastic work. So we'll talk about some players in the draft. We'll talk about who hurt their stock, who helped their stock in, in uh, Indianapolis, uh, quarterbacks that he's looking at. You know, where does he see Will Levis? Where does does he see Anthony Richardson? Where does he see Bryce Young? Where does he see C.J. Stroud? And any other guys? Uh, again, like I said, Trey Wingo goes real deep when it comes to the NFL draft, so we'll talk to him coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, I expect to hear from Hendon Hooker. Uh, he was the guy that we had an opportunity to talk to at the Combine, so we got some good sound bites from him. We'll uh, hear from him at 3.30, and then 4 o'clock, we're expected to have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. Uh, she's at the Thomas & Mack right now while UNLV is playing. She'll be at the Thomas & Mack later on this evening while the UNLV Lady Rebels are playing. Uh, also, Fox 5 announced today that they're the official home of the Las Vegas Aces. They'll be airing all of their uh, their regular season games, which is awesome. We air their uh, their games on the radio on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, so really good partnership. So we'll talk about that. I know she sat down with Asia Wilson and others from the uh, the Las Vegas Aces, so uh, we'll talk to her all things UNLV, uh, the, the Running Rebels, the Lady Rebels, and also with some uh, a little talk about the LV Aces. That's coming up around 4 o'clock. I expect it to be 4, but depending on how long this uh, running Rebels game goes, it may be a little bit different. So it's kind of fluid at 4 o'clock when it comes to Paloma Villacana. But Tashawn Reed, Trey Wingo, Paloma, all coming up as guests on the show today. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as we know, as I mentioned before, free agency is right around the corner. The The tampering period starts on Monday. You have two days of that. Then you have free agency wide open like some old school TV antennas. In the first couple of days, it's fast and furious. A lot of uh, transactions are taking place. A lot of guys signing on to contracts. And then it gets kind of quiet for a while. And then lower level free agents, they sign and do whatever they can do. So I want to know from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, our Dobrybroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. I always appreciate when we hear from you. What would your ideal way to build what would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? Because we talk about the quarterback in great length, great detail. We all know that the Raiders need a quarterback. But that's not all. They need to build the team, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. So what would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? What would you attack or who would you attack in free agency? And what would you attack or who would you attack in the draft? Right? So are you looking at the quarterback position in the draft and defense in free agency, vice versa. How would you go about building this team if you had an opportunity to kind of put your, your thumbprint on it like Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and Josh McDaniels has? And, uh, Demond, I'll go to you in a hot second. I'll just say like this, and I've been mentioning it for a while. You know, I would have no problem if the Raiders can't get a guy like Lamar Jackson, and, and that's like a 0.9% chance that they'd be able to get him, right? I just don't think that that's, not, that's, that's realistic, even though it's something worth talking about. Uh, I said at the, uh, yesterday's show that my quarterback situation would be Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud, Jarrett Stidham. That would be what it is in, 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 in that order. So for me, the way if I was Dave Ziegler and he was asking me, all right, Q, how are you, how are you building this team? I know that they have about $40 million in free agency. One, I attack in free agency. I make sure Josh Jacobs gets taken care of. I get him, and I don't get him just the one-year $10 million. I make sure that he's taken care of with a long-term deal. Uh, it could be four years, and I would front-load it, so basically it's a two-year deal, right? He gets all his money up front. Uh, he's good. He'll be happy. Two years, boom. I, uh, if, if given the opportunity, this is where it gets tricky. If given the opportunity, I want to get my quarterback in the draft because, again, like I said, most likely you can't get Lamar Jackson. But the problem is free agency happens before the draft. Right. So you'll know you'll know uh, next week if they're able to go and land a quarterback, a big time quarterback before the draft happens. But just say that nothing happens in the draft. And we all know how I feel about Jimmy G. I'm totally out on Jimmy G. So I'd rather go get the quarterback in the draft. And if I have to trade up a little bit, if I'm at seven and I got to trade up to four or three, I hope that I can get my guy. Right. My guy is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud being choice number one. So if I could do that, that's what I do. I want to attack the offensive line in free agency. I want to attack the right tackle position in free agency. I want to make sure that that's addressed because I think that that can still be upgraded. Even though it was decent, it was good, it could be better. So I attack the, the right tackle position in free agency. Defensively, Jack, I go all draft. In the draft, I am defensive heavy. I'm looking at defensive tackle. I'm looking at cornerback. I'm looking at linebacker. I'm looking at safety. I'm looking at every single cat I can get. I'm going defense. And if I have an opportunity, and I'll just throw this out there, if I have an opportunity, maybe in the second round, to grab Darnell Washington, the tight end, I would do that as well. And I know he's not defense, but he would be a nice bookend, in my opinion, with, uh, with Darren Waller. So that would be the one exception that I have as far as the draft. I would, if I can get my quarterback, great. In the second round, if I can go and get Darnell Washington, great. Those two things might not align. 
because I might have to give up my second-round pick to go get my quarterback. But if I, if I had the opportunity, it would be a luxury. If I had the opportunity, I would definitely go get Darnell Washington. And I know a lot would say, well, what are you doing with Foster Morrow, who's a free agent? He's gone. No disrespect, but he's gone. Right? It's been good, but I think that Darnell Washington would be just another animal to have him, you know, uh, in the bookend with, uh, with Darren Waller. I think that would be a hell of a one-two punch, so I would go ahead and look to upgrade. There's nothing wrong with Foster, but I would look to upgrade. But that's how I would do it. And the rest of everybody else is, is, is defense, 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 defense. Because as we've all said many times on this show, the defense has to be addressed. It has not been addressed enough over the years for the silver and black. If they want to have an opportunity to win games, if they want to have an opportunity to slide a guy like a Brock Purdy in to quarterback, you know how he's able to win games? Because he has a strong defense and a good run game. So he's able to, he's able to just not, not be too, you know, allow the moment to be too big for himself. Just go out there and handle his business. So that's how I'm attacking and trying to build this team if I had a say. Clearly I don't. But if I did, that's what I would do. So we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? What would you attack or who would you attack in free agency? What would you attack or who would you attack in the draft? And, DeMond, I'll, I'll throw the sticks to you. How would you build this Raiders roster, knowing the holes that they have, knowing what they need to do moving forward? Well, one of the benefits to me about the NFL draft being after free agency is you can get those veterans at those key spots that you need and then see that the draft after and fill those spots in with young talent. So for me, with this being a deeper cornerback draft, as we've seen from all the projections that we got, get some get some of those guys that are going to help out on the interior now in free agency. That So, you know, I think Dave Ziegler said it, Ed mentioned it yesterday, where he mentioned on the podcast you want to build from the inside out. Yeah. Get the outside guys on the young, on the young get the corners that can be young and just aggressive go out there and play don't think too much but have those dogs those guys that are proven that they can get after the quarterback they can stuff the run on the inside and also got to get a right tackle on, on free agency okay. I think that's a position that also needs to be addressed in free agency and besides you know getting like a good defensive tackle and a good and maybe one or two guys on the free agency line for the offensive line I think you can you'll be fine with the draft for the Raiders because I do think that you got to leave the court you got to leave the draft with the quarterback I don't like free I agency. I know Lamar yeah. Jackson. It's fine. It's fun to talk about. Right. But I don't think that's happening. Right. Jimmy G. No, thank you. So right. for me, I think that the team should already be reserved. We're getting our quarterback of the future in the draft, and it's just going to be a bridge and Jared Stidham, and you know, just some guys to compete for this next season. But no way should they go in free agency thinking, hey, we're going to find that guy of the future there. So for me, somebody on the interior on the defensive line, maybe one or two quality starters on the offensive line, and then just wait for the draft. There you go. I'm okay with that. And you know, the other thing about Jimmy G, where a lot of people have talked about Jimmy G, does he really want to sign up to be a guy that's just in front of the guy again? Right? I mean, he's already been there, done that. You know, he was in San Francisco, and they went out and made the move for Trey Lance. So he knew at some point his time was, was coming. Right? It was coming to a close. So does he want to be there in, in Las Vegas and know that, hey, I'm just sitting in front of this guy until he's ready to take over? Right? I mean, does, is, that the, is that the role that he wants to play? I don't think that that would be that appealing to him. Maybe I'm wrong. Right, but I mean, as as a competitive dude that I am, I wouldn't want to be the guy that's like, oh yeah, I'm just a placeholder until this dude's ready. Like that would kind of suck, <laughs> you know. What I mean, just to be as as blunt about it as possible, that would kind of suck, right? At some point, I'd I'd want to know, uh, you know, that that I'm the guy. Like, hey, this is this is Q's job, and he's gonna rock with it as long as he can hold it down, uh, you know. But if if all of a sudden they brought me in and then they went and drafted their guy and was like, hey, this is gonna be our future. He's just a placeholder until we can get this guy ready. It's like, eh. You know, I mean, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to take the contract. going to take the job because that's what I got to do. And maybe I'll do like Josh Jacobs. Maybe I'll do like Josh Jacobs and get on the field and say, hey, I'm so good you can't take me off. Maybe that's, maybe that's what he would do. I don't see it like that, especially with the quarterback position. But 
That's just me. So what says you? 702-365-9200. Again, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Who we got up first, Damon? Raider Reggie. Raider Reggie! Welcome to the show. What's going on, family? Man, it feel like I can't never get in, but hey, today I got in. And since my boy, who I'm starting to call the superstar, sorry Q, I'm starting to call my boy Damon superstar, man. All he good. out here making moves. He out here making moves, dog. And that might just give me a chance to shoot my shot, right? <laughs> Check this out. And that, that's where my point's going to be right quick. You got to shoot your shot, man. If, if you have the opportunity, and like that you said, it can't be about I don't want to waste my energy. Man, that shouldn't even, you shouldn't even be worried about no energy. You got to go out there, shoot your shot. If it works, great. If it don't, you shouldn't be relying on it because you know that uh, the Ravens have a chance to come back, right? Mm-hmm. So with that said, I, I feel exactly like DeMond with how you attack this, man. You have to know that you're probably going to be grabbing your QB in, in the draft. But at For the sure. same time, on free agency, man, you got to be a dog. All these cats that's coming out, that's, the Chiefs let go some some really good dudes. I think – there's got to be ways to work their contracts and get some of these dudes, especially Mr. Clark. He was destroying stuff this year, bro. I would love to see him in silver and black. But that interior D has to be stout. That offensive line, we know we need that right tackle fix. And then, of course, I think we need a safety, uh, uh, free agent safety. And then in the draft, I, I definitely would go get some young dogs, man. But uh, Raider Nation stand up. It's been a minute without bringing this thing to a screeching halt. I want to shout out every single Raider Nation fan that supported me and my family as we went through some stuff. I really appreciate y'all, man. Hey, Raider Nation Radio, y'all stepped up for me as well. I really appreciate everything y'all do. You, JT, Vinny, Clay, Heidi, every single one of y'all, I appreciate Raider Nation till I die. Let's go. I'm all in on my boy Lamont. <laughs> nice. There he goes. Raider Reggie. Hey, you know, there's a chance that we could be hiring too, Raider Reggie. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. But uh, anyway, no, good stuff. And, uh, yeah, DeMond is definitely doing some really good things. We definitely appreciate him. Uh, as as of late, he's been on the call for the Vegas Vipers, uh, all their home games. He's been the color commentary man side-by-side uh, side with Harry Ruiz. Now, I'm sure he's going to miss this week because, well, they're not at home. And so I'm sure he's probably going to wonder, like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> I got a Saturday without a job. But, you know, he's he's been doing some good things. We're definitely proud of him. So there you go, DeMond. Uh, Raider Reggie is taking your approach to free agency and the draft and how he wants to build this team. But that's what I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. How would you build this team? 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Lone Star State. Let's talk to our guy, Tim in Texas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hello. How y'all doing? Uh, we're blessed. Hey, um, I, I would be all in on Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. I know you got to give up two first-round picks, but uh, and then you w- would actually have to pay him. I would pay Lamar Jackson. About $4 million uh, more than uh, uh, Deshaun Washington got. Mm-hmm. And then you still got all you still got all your picks. The Raiders going uh, – uh, I think the Raiders going to possibly get like a, at least a more uh, two more compensatory picks maybe or something like that. Yep. You, uh, you, start, build, you start building the team, you, you already got your quarterback. The offense is set. The offense on the skill positions is set. 
All you got to do is get you a right tackle, a couple of guards in the draft, or maybe in free agency. Get you a veteran uh, defensive uh, tackle, a veteran linebacker, a veteran cornerback, uh, and then mix them youngsters in there with them. And you can and you can keep building over the next couple of years. And we mess around and get Lamar Jackson. Even if our defense is still not all that, I'm pretty sure what he does on offense by keeping the ball will help the defense out a whole lot. And and I'm pretty sure that we'll make the playoffs. So that next year's first round pick is going to probably be down there next year if we if we don't win the Super Bowl. There you go. Good stuff. Tim in Texas, I appreciate you. And yeah, uh, again, that's the thing about it. That's the beautiful thing about the Ravens putting the, the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar. Again, as far-fetched as it might be that he actually uh, is with the Raiders in 2023, you only have to give up a two first-round picks. I would be fine with that because they still have plenty of capital to build the team up. And, I mean, you got to trade up to go get a guy like a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young anyway. Hell, you might have to trade up to go get an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levitz, right? I mean, that's how, that's how supply and demand works. Right, if your guy all of a sudden is off the board, or there's a chance he goes gets off the board, you got to go make some moves. So that's that's uh that's the other thing about it. So I would be fine with it. And what he brings to the table, you want to talk about showstopper? You want to talk about Allegiant Stadium be being the show in town on a Sunday, on a Monday, on a Thursday? That would be where it's at with Lamar Jackson. Injury prone, get it. There's some injuries the last two years that have been bothersome, but man, I would take a chance as long as with. Lamar Jackson, I know he's a superstar. One quick call before we get to Deshaun Reed. Dave, right here in Vegas, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, man, listen, uh, I'm just calling. I, I keep hearing this. I listen to the radio station all the time. Hey, listen, the, the biggest problem is, is you shouldn't have gotten rid of their car. Well, that's already done. Dave, that's already done. So now what? No, no, but the problem is, is all these people that call in and go, now, look where we're at. Now, you're, now we're going, hey, listen, uh, uh, we need Lamar. We need this. They need to restructure his contract and bring the defense, get some guys for the defense, and get get guys to protect the quarterback. Now you've got somebody coming in. He has no idea what's going to happen. We're back to zero. It's, it's amazing to me to listen to this. Day in the day out, Lamar Jackson. Who cares about Lamar Jackson? Who cares about Derek Carr? And thank you for the call. Who cares about Derek Carr when he's gone? He's already gone, Dave. We're talking about spilled milk here. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Like, I get it. I understand how you feel about Derek Carr. I respect the hell out of Derek Carr. He did great things for nine years, but he has signed a deal with the Saints. He ain't coming back, right? I mean, so why are we still talking about, well, this is what they should have, could have, would have done? No, now we're talking about solutions, right? I mean, how do you fix something when it's, when it's broken? You have something broken. You can't go back and say, well, I sure wish I hadn't drove down that street. I wouldn't got in an accident. Well, you did. So how do you repair it? Right? I mean, th- I get it. I understand what you're saying, but Lamar Jackson is better option than no option, and Derek Carr is not an option. So why are we still saying what they would have, should have, could have done? It's done. It's over. I get it. Everyone has feelings for Derek Carr. He did great things for nine freaking years. He stabilized the position. He did some damn good things in damn tough situations. I get it. But he is in New Orleans, and he's not up there telling Dennis Allen, well, you know what should have, could have happened. No, he's moving on. Raider Nation needs to move on too. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I get it. But guess what? He's playing in New Orleans next year. Bottom line, 227 is the time. Tashaun Reed's up next. Raider Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. This is Between the Lines, a series dissecting how the NFL, America's biggest game, has dealt with America's biggest issue, race. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. There you go. You heard a little tease right there from Tashawn Reed's podcast series that he has going. And we'll definitely ask Tashawn about that as he joins us now on the phone lines. And we definitely appreciate that. Tashawn Reed from The Athletic on Twitter at Tashawn Reed. And Tashawn, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And before we get into the podcast, and we're definitely intrigued on everything that you got going on with that. I see a lot of interaction with you and a lot of folks on Twitter about the podcast. So excited to talk about that. Uh, I wanted to ask you a, a few quarterback questions, and, and let's start with Lamar Jackson. You just most recently put out uh, a piece on The Athletic about why Lamar Jackson to the Raiders is very unlikely, and as I agree 100%, do you think that it's worth Dave Ziegler at least dipping his toes into the water to see what, what it might take to get a Lamar Jackson? Yeah, anytime a 26-year-old former NFL MVP quarterback comes available, you have to at least check it out and see if it might be possible Ultimately, you know, why I think it won't be possible is it's, it's really out of his hands because given, you know, Lamar's reported demands of wanting a fully guaranteed contract five years, uh, similar to the, the $230 million contract that Deshaun Watson got last offseason, that requires you to immediately put that cash into escrow. And all you have to do is look at how the Raiders have recently structured their contracts. Um, they, they tend to not give big signing bonuses because they're not the most you know, cash fluid team in the league. And so even if they want to do it, even if Lamar wants to come, uh, you know, they they can't make it work, I don't think, at that number. Now, could they try to maybe do a two- or three-year deal that's fully guaranteed? Maybe. Um, You know, know, but is Lamar open to that? Would the Ravens not just match that? Um, And so there's just so many factors that that are working against it that it just seems very doubtful that there's much of a chance that, that Lamar is wearing a Raiders jersey next season. How surprised are you, if at all, are you that the Ravens hit him with the non-exclusive tag, allowing him to talk to the rest of the teams around, around the league? Yeah, it's pretty insane to me just because, in my opinion, it, it just seems like an unnecessary risk. Like, uh, even if he you – know, maybe he doesn't end up getting a fully guaranteed offer, but why even open yourself up to that? And then if he does get an offer that's beyond which, where you're willing to go, the most you can get for him is two first-round picks, which I think if they use the exclusive tag and then try to trade him – I think they'll get much more than that from Lamar Jackson. And so they're basically, you know, limiting their returns if they do let him walk um, and, and, and opening up the door in the first place for him to be able to walk. It just, it's just kind of weird to me. Um, maybe they know something that, that I don't. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of reports about a bunch of teams saying that they're not going to pursue him through, through media, through sources and things of that nature. And so maybe they're right and he's not able to go get the offer, you know, that he thinks he can. Um, and they end up keeping him at a lower number or, or the franchise tag or, or however it ends up working out. But it, it definitely seems like an unnecessary risk, if you ask me. Well, just for the sake of, you know, fun football and entertaining Sundays in the press box, how exciting would it be to see Lamar Jackson in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium? <laughs> Ooh, boy, like, man, Lamar Jackson, Josh, Josh Jacobs with his own read. Right. Lamar Jackson throwing, you know, he's been throwing the, to you and me in, in, in Baltimore for a few years now, but he can throw the, <laughs> Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know it, it'd be crazy. Like I, like you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's fun to think about. It's just it's probably not practical. 
Right, exactly. Not not likely at all, but, man, it sure would be a lot of fun. And, man, I would sure sign up every day of the week and twice on Sundays to be able to cover that game for sure. Again, Sean Reed is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, you were in Indy. I was in Indy. Uh, we all sat down with Dave Ziegler. How, what did you come away with for that 30-minute that sit-down where we had with the GM? What was your, your basic, like, what did you come away with the most as far as your impression of what Dave Ziegler had to say? Yeah, a lot of it was kind of confirming uh, some priors because I, I went down to the Senior Bowl in Alabama earlier in the offseason and got to sit down with Dave um, and talk for a while. And he said a lot of the same things. You know, they, they want to build through the draft. Obviously, they need to revamp the defense. Um, they need to have an offensive line. Um, but I think from both of the conversations, I came away feeling like they want to draft their quarterback of the future. Um, you know, whether that happens this year or next year, we'll see. Um, but I think that's their preference, taking that team model that we've seen be successful, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals or, or the Chargers in a division um, of, of building the roster around a young, cheap quarterback who's ascending and can play at a high level while they're still cheap and potentially go and try to win a Super Bowl. And so I think that's that's their preferred model. Now, at number seven um, in the first round, they don't control their own destiny. There's no guarantee that the four projected first-round quarterbacks are all going to be there or that the ones that they like are going to be still be there at seven. Maybe they have to make a trade-up to go get one if they want to um, and use some of those draft resources that they have that stockpiled over the course of the last year on the job. But um, it, it seems much more likely that they draft their future starter than swing a big trade or make a big signing or, or anything of that nature. Your colleague, Dane Brugler, who I respect a lot as far as talent evaluation goes and, and knowing uh, the stock of these different uh, you know, draft guys, uh, he, he put Will Levis there. He, he mocked Will Levis there in his latest mock draft. You're big on Anthony Richardson. Uh, what do you see in Anthony Richardson, uh, and, and why should he be the guy that the Raiders target? For me, Richardson is a guy that has no ceiling. I mean, his physical makeup, you know, just 6'4", 240, he can run a 4-4. He can jump 40 inches. He's strong. Like he has a cannon for all. He has the strongest arm in his class. He can put it anywhere you need to on the field. But he is raw. He does need his fundamentals to be refined. But I think he's further ahead than people realize. If you watch his game tape, he navigates the pocket really well. And that tends to be something that you just have an innate feel for or you don't. And he was making checks at the line of scrimmage before the snap. He was running more of a pro-style offense. It wasn't one of those college offenses where it's point and throw. And then, so I think he's more advanced mentally than people think, and that's some of the feedback that we've heard from the combine is he, he got that across the teams. And so for me, uh, you know, Will Levis, he's also a traits guy, you know, big, strong, big arm guy. But he doesn't have that speed that Anthony Richardson has. He's not as big as Anthony Richardson. He doesn't have the arm that Anthony Richardson has. And so for me, if you're going to take you know, a swing on a guy that's raw and, and is a traits guy, why not you know, take a swing on the guy that has the most of those, you know? And for right. me, that's Anthony Richardson. And so – Honestly, it seems like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are going to be out of their range. Like It doesn't feel mm-hmm. realistic that they can draft them or get that high to draft them. But I think it's pretty realistic that they could get A.R., or Will Levis, and, and for me, I'd be trying to get AR. Yeah, I came out of the combine a big fan of C.J. Stroud. I was already kind of leaning his direction, but after seeing him throw on Saturday, it was like, wow, that's that's incredible. But you're right about Anthony Richardson and, and Will Levis. I mean, they both have high ceilings. They both have you know a lot of uh, physical abilities. They just both are, are guys that have to have some developing. So with that being said, they say that Levitz is more like Josh Allen. Is would you say that Anthony Richardson, in your opinion, has the ability to be Cam Newton like? Ooh, man, that's, ooh. I, I like him a lot. Man. Hold on, now. Like, slow down, Q. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. Um, I would say actually, I think AR is more like 
um, Josh Allen. Okay. Will Levis is. Will Levis, he doesn't, I don't see that, that level of traits from him. And um, the running ability, like Will Levis can move a little bit, but he's not explosive in the run game right. to me. I, I haven't seen that. Whereas Anthony Richardson, he, he is that. He'll pull away on an 80-yard run from SEC defenders. And not that Josh Allen has that speed. He doesn't either. But I think right. his game fits his a little bit better than Cam. I mean, Cam was just, for one, he's to me, he had the best season for any quarterback in college football history. So he was much more de- developed as a passer, right. I would say, and, and even more effective as a runner. I mean, he's just a force on, on the ground that we haven't really seen next to maybe Lamar Jackson. is probably the only other guy that compares. And so... Yeah, you know, like Cam Newton, P. Cam Newton is a little, a little tough. That's a little yeah. Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. think, I think Richardson's gonna be really, really, really good. But uh, you know, I, th- I think his, his play style and his game. And if you're looking at a guy to compare him to, I think Josh Allen just makes more sense because he was pretty terrible at Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the numbers, and yeah. Play, so, but he had all the traits. He just had to get the fundamentals cleaned up. And and, and Brian Dable and and the guys up there with the Bills able to figure it out and. If Josh McDaniels, you know, is offensive mastermind, you know, you should, you should be able to figure it out as well if, if you have a guy that has all the talent in the world. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And Josh Allen, to his credit, but Dayball got with him in Buffalo. He turned him around, and he got with uh, Daniel Jones in, in New York and got him a $160 million deal. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing some things. So, yeah, I can see Josh McDaniels uh, having that opportunity to do the same thing. Let me ask you this. One more question about the quarterback position. If they were to go a, a Levis or Anthony Richardson, like you mentioned, who would, who would be your bridge guy? Who would be the veteran that you think needs to sit in front of him or at least start in front of him? It makes sense to just re-sign Jared Stidham to me. Um, I don't really subscribe to going and giving Jimmy G a bunch of money. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it needs to be that stopgap tier guy. If not Stidham, if you want somebody more proven, I think Jacoby Brissett would make a lot of sense. He spent one year with the Patriots, uh, being coached by Josh McDaniels, so he knows the system. And he was pretty solid last year with the Browns um, while, while Deshaun Watson was serving his suspension. And so if you want somebody more proven, um, but that isn't going to cost that much money and should be able to be had on, on a one-year deal, then, then Jacoby Brissett probably makes the most sense. Um, and, you know, if well, whoever, whoever the rookie is, you know, whether it's um, Anthony Richardson or let's say they wait to the second round and get Hendon Hooker, who's coming mm-hmm. off of an ACL injury, I think it would know, be wise to have a veteran that you can lean on um, if, if your rookie needs some time to come along. So Sean Reed is our guest from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Rough. This is my man DeMond's got a couple for you. Go ahead, DeMond. In the recent podcast series that you did between the lines for the athletic, you talked about some of the biggest issues. Hold on, Devon. You got to mention he's getting national recognition for this podcast series as well. <laughs> Remember that they got to We got to preface this correctly. National recognition. <laughs> My man was on Good Morning Football when I was at the combine. I sat. I turned around and Deshaun Reed is on the TV screen with Good Morning Football. So let's give him his proper due for this. Hey, I'm a big up him all day. I listened to it. I finished it in two days. There Once the go. final episode dropped, because I like to binge. So mm-hmm. the final episode dropped and I finished it all in the matter <laughs> of two days. So one of the biggest things for me is how long did this project take and who was the most surprising guest where they said, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down with you for a couple of minutes and give you some of my time and my stories Oof, it took me 18 months 18 months of wow work. i pitched this in the fall of 2021 um i actually pitched it like a couple of weeks before john gruden was on <laughs> so wow it's been a wild wild ride balancing uh working on that between the raiders beat and everything that we've had to cover the last couple of years here um and so but it ended up working out you know i'm glad that i had that extra time we interviewed over 30 people um, a lot of that time was me researching, reporting, writing the scripts, doing voiceover for the first time. And so this was a new new sort of quest for me. I didn't know I could do this well, but I think it turned out pretty well. And, um, and in terms of uh, 
the interview that surprised me the most, it was probably Jason Wright, the Washington mm. Commanders president, um, because, you know, they, they were and still are, you know, mired in a lot of off-the-field issues with that franchise. And so I just felt, felt like he would be reticent to speak, you know, especially about a topic like this. And he was actually one of my most candid and thorough and thoughtful interviews, I thought. Um, and, and, you know, he, he didn't really, you know, pull any punches when it came to me asking him some pretty difficult questions. Um, and I think, you know, him being the first black team president um, in league history, obviously he has a unique perspective, and he also was a player for years in the NFL. And so um, he, he gave me a lot of good insight, and I didn't necessarily expect that, um, just given some of the things that was going on with this franchise. Yeah, that's, for, that's awesome. I'm sorry, Demond. I don't mean to cut you off. That that's awesome. First of all, 18 months. I mean, Tashawn, you put in work. I remember your piece that you did on Las Vegas, and that had taken you a very long time. But you, I mean, man, you you've got some attention to detail. So I got to give you a lot of credit for that because that is not easy. But Jason Wright, Demond, is the guy that we talked to at the Super Bowl. We got him on the last day of the Super Bowl, and he, you know, shared his stories and shared the stories about you know the similarity between him and Sandra Douglas Morgan. He shared that he's a Raider fan, right? Except for when the Raiders play the, the the Washington Commanders, but, you know, grew up a Raider fan, so uh, that's a hell of a get, and Tashawn, I was I was very impressed from just our 10-minute conversation we had with Jason Wright, so I'm, I'm assuming that he came away, and you came away kind of blown away with what he had to say. Yeah, and he really, you know, I think he has, you know, he, he after he left the league, he went into the business world, the corporate side of, of America, and so he navigated that space, and so I think and one of the more more interesting elements of our conversation was he compared and contrasted what the black experience is like trying to make your way through corporate America compared through the NFL, which is obviously also one of the biggest corporations in America. And so, uh, and you end up seeing that there's a lot of similarities. You just don't hear it as much because it's not as front facing as NFL is. Obviously, it's the biggest sports league in America. We see it every week. It never stops whether games are being played or not. And so when they have these racial discrepancies and gender discrepancies and all the other discrepancies throughout the league, it just stands out more. But, you know, it, what, what becomes clear in the three lines is that, you know, it's not unique to the NFL. Like, this is America. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is what this country was founded on, unfortunately. Um, this systemic racism that's persisted throughout its entire history and continues to today and affects everything in the country, whether people want to admit it or not. And, and so it just it becomes almost... It's not an accident. This is how it's supposed to be. And the NFL is just doing what it was programmed to do as a league composed of mostly white men decision makers that's making billions of dollars. You know, that's not slowing down. They're not making any less money. So why would they change? They have no reason to. And so that's how you get that perpetual cycle that has continued and and looks like it's going to continue moving forward um, without some intentional action from people within it at all levels, from players all the way up to executives to external forces like media, like myself and you, and legal action, most likely, like Brian Flores, and maybe the loss of sponsorship dollars, like we saw with Washington, to get them to change their team name. And so it's going to be a tough grind to get it to change. Um, but, you know, it's always tough for black people in America. It's not really thinking anything new. And then something else I wanted to ask you about, another Raider tie-in is Champ Kelly. And then him speaking about the importance of networking. Do you think that that's something that maybe some candidates overlook the importance of networking? Because I'll speak for myself and say, I really don't put that much value in the network. And we go to the Super Bowl and Q's like, talk to this person, You're talk bad. to that person. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to him a little bit. But is it where he says, like, it's a more important to have who they know in the, than their actual resume? Um, I don't know. if I think people, there's just a lack of knowledge about you know, the importance of it and also how to go about doing it because there's so many barriers to exclude black people 
from basically everything that uh, it's difficult just to get your foot in the door. And once you do, you don't know anybody. You don't have the connection that somebody like that was privileged like myself to go to Mizzou, you know, the best journalism school in the world. And so I just kind of ran into connections. You know what I mean? Like if there's somebody that went to a smaller school that maybe doesn't have as robust of a journalism program, they may not know how to reach out to other writers and editors and producers and things of that nature. And it's no different with the coaching ranks. Like, you know, if you're a former player or something like that, or however your, your starting point is like, People just don't know and there's nobody to come teach them because, unfortunately, there's not many people who look like them who make it up to the top ranks. And so there's not those people reaching back down to help lift them up. And that's why it's so important that when we do break through and make it to these points, whether it's becoming a head coach, a GM, a team president, um, you know, be, me being in my role as a, as a Raiders beat writer, like reach down to the people you know, below you, not, not literally, but, you know, just people that haven't made it to where you are yet and help them along the way because, you probably wouldn't have been there without that. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we don't really see that a whole bunch in the NFL. Like a lot of these black coaches that get on, they don't have black offensive coordinators or black defensive coordinators or not putting them in position um, to grow and elevate or be black GMs. They don't hire black coaches a lot of times. Not that, not that they have to, but if they don't do it, who's, who's going to do it, you know? And so um, I, I think that is definitely an important element, but I don't put it on the candidates. I put it on the system for making it difficult for them to learn what they need to learn and get in the positions they need to in order to elevate. No, it's a, it makes a lot of sense. And believe me, it's in, in regular business as well, even going all the way down to, to radio, right? I mean, uh, the position that I'm in, there's not a lot that look like me in this position. I'll tell you that, and I do not take it for granted at all because it's a, it's a difficult grind. And like you said, I mean, you've got to have people that – you know, are comfortable with who you, you being you to allow you to be and able to do what you do. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, interesting stuff, really interesting stuff. Uh, great podcast series, again, uh, Between the Lines, and all episodes are out right now. You can get it wherever you find uh, all your favorite podcasts. It is right there. Uh, Tashawn went 18 months putting this thing together. So uh, what else you got working on? I mean, not, like as if that's not enough, what else are you working on, Tashawn? <laughs> Uh, well, we have a mock draft coming out tomorrow, a full seven-round mock draft for the Raiders. Um, this Friday, I have a big piece coming out listing 50 potential targets outside free agents for the Raiders to try to go get when free agency starts on Monday. And so uh, that's that's it for this week. And then obviously next week we'll be chronicling whatever the Raiders decide to do in free agency. It'll be it'll be busy. It always is. There's no offseason for us. But uh, great job, Tashawn. Great work on the podcast. And keep up the great work. I appreciate you as always. Appreciate you having me. All right, no doubt. There he goes, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic on Twitter. At Tashawn Reed, I had no idea, man. It's it's crazy. You think about it. I go and knock out a podcast like every night like it's nothing, right? Boom, knock it out. But, I mean, this is the detail that he went into the podcast series that he's got. 18 months. That's a whole lot of research, a lot of conversations, a lot of just sitting down, taking time. I mean, just a lot of detail that goes into that. So I definitely respect that. And, you know, I know a lot of people probably don't understand, you know, what we're talking about here, but I'll just use myself as a, as a perfect example. Outside of guys that were athletes and, and played professionally in sports, one, there's not a lot of black sports broadcasters that are in the position that myself and Damon are in. That's one. But program directors, which is what I'm privileged to be, and I'm lucky and I'm, I'm blessed and I don't take that for granted to be that as well, the, 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 the list is even smaller. I could probably put us all on one hand across the country, right? So, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a very small pool, and again, I'm very blessed that Lotus, uh, Lotus Broadcasting and, and Natalie gave me the opportunity to, to do this and, and really uh, shine at the opportunity. 
It's all it takes is one opportunity. And then, you know, we try to uh, help other folks along the line that, that may need their, you know, their foot in the door as well. And someone gave me the opportunity to get my foot in the door. Uh, back when I was in Central Texas, David Smoke gave me the opportunity and said, go ahead, Q, I think you could do it. And I didn't take it for granted. And I made sure I, I gave everything I had every single day. And, you know, all these years later, here I am. And so, you know, we try to open up the doors for not only, you know, minorities, but women and, and, and many others that, that want the opportunity to be able to do what we do on the daily. So I could definitely appreciate what Sean Reed put together for the athletic and the podcast that he did. 251 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming over 3 o'clock, top of the hour, Trey Wingo, 33rdteam.com. Also, Caesars brand ambassador. We'll talk all things free agency, talk all things NFL draft. Question that we threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What would be your ideal way to build this Raiders team on both sides of the ball? What or who would you attack in free agency? What or who would you attack in the draft? Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Good afternoon, gentlemen. Loving today's topic. Just like Q, just like you, Q, I'm all in by attacking and loading up on our defense through this year's draft. We have 11-plus picks, hoping we can hit on our picks. On offense, I hope we could use our 39-plus million in cap space on our offensive line as well as re-signing Stidham. Please note that I'm fine with drafting a quarterback in the draft anytime after the fourth round. Hooker has my attention as well as quarterback Hayner for Fresno State. Bottom line, I've got, fr- I've got faith in our front office to get this done here in free agency and the upcoming draft. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. So spend a lot of the draft capital on defense, spend a lot of the money on the offensive side of things, offensive line, re-signing Jared Stidham. That makes a whole lot of sense. Jim from Yonkers said, offense, left tackle, move Miller to right tackle. That's something we talked about before. Is that a possibility? Bucks uh, left tackle was let go today. Draft a wide receiver that can stretch the field. Defense, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, everything on D. Uh, Porter Jr., thank you. That's from Jim and Yonkers. The only thing you didn't specify is what would you would do in the free agency and then draft. I guess uh, drafting uh, Porter Jr. would be something you do in the draft. So thanks for that. Got a text from the 707. Since the draft is heavy in DBs and there seems to be a handful of good offensive linemen, I think we should draft those two positions and then our, get our D-line and linebackers a free agency and sign Stidham and either draft a quarterback this year or next year. But we have to get the quarterback right whenever we decide to draft one. I agree with that 100%. And uh, one more thing, Jim from Yonkers, God bless you, Q, for saying what you just said. Al Davis did not need the Rooney rule. Arshel, Amy Trask, Tom Flores, Jim Plunkett, he gave different faces an opportunity without having to be told to. It's a great outlet for me and many of Raider Nation, even all the way from New York. Thanks for UND and uh, for a great show. That's from Jim and Yonkers. And, yeah, that's the thing about it. That's why I always say that the Rooney rule should be definitely the Al Davis rule because he never needed to be – been told what he had to do or who he had to talk to to be in compliance with anything. He just did it based off the uh, fact that you have the ability to go and get something done. It didn't matter if you're a woman, a man, uh, whatever your color was, whatever your sexual orientation was, whatever your religion is, didn't matter. As long as you can get the job done, that's all that mattered. And honestly, at the bottom, at the end of the day, that's what it should be all about. 2.58 is the time. This is Radio 920.